next to maybe John 3.16 in the Lord's Prayer, there's perhaps no more recognizable passage of sacred scripture than the responsorial psalm that we have today, Psalm 23. The beautiful and comforting words of this particular passage, they inspire us to trust in the Lord as our protector, our caregiver, our good shepherd who leads us through the dark valley to uh, the verdant pastures of heaven. You know, often we Catholics hear Psalm 23 at funerals, and that is certainly appropriate. But there's more to this psalm than comforting words for grieving, uh, grieving souls. You know, the ancient church, the early church, saw Psalm 23 as foreshadowing, pointing forward to the sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist, as well as teaching about the, the Christian life in general. So let's take a look at this ancient understanding of what is today still a very popular passage. The psalm begins with the words, the Lord is my shepherd, and so rather obviously the church fathers, the early church interpreted this as foreshadowing Christ, the good shepherd. Christ is the good shepherd, unlike the bad shepherds Jeremiah lamented in our first reading, who uh, mislead and scatter the flock. Christ is the good shepherd whose heart was moved with pity for the vast crowd in our gospel. And you know, our gospel is instructive on this. When Christ sees this vast crowd and says they're like sheep without a shepherd, how does he respond? He teaches them many things. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. The word of God, this sacred truth that Christ revealed to us, it nourishes the hearts and souls of believers. This true doctrine uh, that he came to reveal, it strengthens us. Now this dovetails nicely with how the fathers interpreted one part of Psalm 23. They saw the verdant pastures as uh, where the Lord gives us repose as referring to this sacred doctrine, the what we find in sacred scripture and tradition, uh, that, that this is the verdant pasture Christ brings us to, that gives us repose, that nourishes our life on a spiritual, supernatural level. Moreover, Christ the Good Shepherd, he not only nourishes us with his teaching, but he especially guides us uh, in right paths, as we hear later in the psalm. These The many things Christ came to teach us, they serve to guide us through the dark valleys of life uh, to our true homeland in heaven. Now, heaven in Psalm 23 is, uh, we find it at the end, when the psalmist speaks of dwelling in the house of the Lord for years to come. Uh, In John 14, Jesus speaks about heaven precisely as the house of the Lord. He speaks of his Father's house, where there are many dwelling places. And he goes before us to prepare a place for those who are faithful in following him. And so this sacred doctrine of Christ found in scripture, tradition, the teaching of the church, it serves to guide us through the difficulties of this life, showing us what is spiritually harmful and to be avoided, what is spiritually good and to be pursued. Yet Christ the Good Shepherd, he, offers, he doesn't simply just offer us his teaching as a nourishment and guide through the dark valley. And he brings us to restful waters, which uh, refreshes our soul. 
And what else could these restful waters refer to but the sacrament of baptism? Baptism refreshes our soul by removing the weight of sin, of personal sin if we're baptized as an adult, or it wipes away the stain of original sin if we're baptized as infants or small children. You know, in our second reading, uh, St. Paul talked about how Christ broke down that dividing wall of enmity between man and God. He does that on the cross by his cross and resurrection, but he applies it to us in baptism. In baptism, we go from being children uh, of, of iniquity, born in this state of enmity to God, to being his uh, adopted sons and daughters in Christ. It's this marvelous transformation that takes place in a very simple sacrament. And then, of course, the good shepherd has, we read, spread a table before me in the sight of my foes. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, the anointing with oil, it refers to confirmation, the sacrament which strengthens and matures the grace that we receive at baptism. But the fathers also saw confirmation in one other spot, in not as obvious a one. When the psalmist speaks of walking through the dark valley or in older translations, the, the, the shadow of death, he says, I fear no evil, uh, for the Lord is with him. His rod and his staff give him courage. They saw that rod and staff referring to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at confirmation, which gives us the courage to both live the Christian life and bear witness to it in the world. Then, of course, the table spread before me and the cup overflowing refers to the Eucharist. And this is more obvious in some older translations. It doesn't say my cup overflows if you read an older translation. It says my chalice inebriates me. You know, the Eucharist, uh, of course, we could speak of how it supernaturally nourishes our soul. But in this psalm, in Psalm 23, the Eucharist is seen as something that brings consolation and joy in the midst of life's difficulties. You know, this table is spread before the psalmist in the sight of his foes. In the midst of adversity and trials in this life, the Eucharist is a consolation and joy. Why? Because Christ is really, truly, and substantially present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And when we receive him in Holy Communion, we are as united to Christ the Good Shepherd as we can be this side of heaven. Jesus is the one who said to us, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. So where but the Eucharist can we bring these troubles and burdens, these labors that weigh us down? We bring them to Christ, the Good Shepherd, who gives us this rest uh, from our troubles. Christ is the Good Shepherd who guides us and nourishes us by teaching those truths necessary for salvation. He refreshes our souls in baptism he strengthens and matures that grace we receive in baptism and confirmation, and he consoles us in the Eucharist. Really, this psalm, the Father saw it as an invitation for us to allow Christ to be the shepherd of our life, to allow him to be the good shepherd over our lives. And a great way to, to do this more perfectly or, or more intensely is to commit to pray every single day. And we have a unique opportunity coming up in the next five weeks. Beginning next Sunday, the gospel uh, that we'll read at Mass is from John chapter 6. We will go through um, the vast majority of that chapter in the next five weeks. And this is the chapter where Christ teaches most explicitly about the Eucharist. You know, let's 
take this time in the next five weeks to daily, prayerfully read and meditate on this powerful chapter from the Gospels so that we can be all the more disposed to receive our Lord fruitfully in Holy Communion, so that we can better uh, respond to that invitation to allow Christ to be the good shepherd we so badly need. As we continue with Mass, let us pray that we might be always willing to ask Christ to shepherd us, to guide us along the right paths through the dark valleys of this life to our true homeland of heaven, to the house of the Lord.